Welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC, the show for young Christian business guys about young Christian business guys. We talk sports, we talk business, but most importantly, we talk about Jesus. Today is June 25th, 2020. I am John Harrison, your host. As a community, we are unapologetically Christian, unapologetically business guys, and unapologetically open and vulnerable about our lives the challenges that we face in the faith and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We believe in spiritual mentorship, a.k.a. discipleship, learning what it means to follow Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus from another man. And we believe in the power of peer groups, surrounding yourself with others who are growing in their faith and will help you grow into the man that God designed you to be. Today, June 25th, I am super excited. Thursday, uh, next week, we'll be going into the 4th of July week, but today I'm excited about the guests I'm going to have on the show. I've gotten to know this guy over the last uh, year or so, had the opportunity to travel to his hometown of Louisville, Kentucky. He and I have stayed in touch. He's got some amazing stuff going on personally, professionally, spiritually. I know he's going to share some truth with us today. So without further ado, welcome to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast, Isaac LaFon. Isaac, excited to have you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, John. Yeah, it's great. I was joking with Isaac as I just got unplugged in here. I was like, man, you're one of the few guests that has the professional equipment. So I hope <laughs> yeah. we're just, we are just in route to have an amazing show today. So calling in from Louisville, Kentucky is Louisville. Actually, I learned when I was down there. Yeah, right? it's pr pronounced uh, L-U-A-V-U-L, Louisville. Okay. Louisville. That's perfect. Louisville. Louisville. Yep. Louisville. Okay, so try for all of you out there, you can pause the podcast and try it yourself. It's no, it's not Louisville Slugger, it's Louisville. So we'll stop yeah. there. But calling in from Louisville, tell us a little bit about yourself, personally, professionally, fill us in. Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, I've uh, been married 13 years. I uh, have three little kids, six years old, Emerson, got a three and a half year old, Tucker, uh, loves dinosaurs, of course, at that age, he's wild. And then uh, about a 15-month-old, uh, McKenna, and she's fantastic, super smiley. She knows she's been learning how to dance lately, so she's been keeping us entertained during COVID. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I've been, been married a while. I've been with her since high school. Kristen is my wife's name. And, uh, yeah, so that's my kind of personal life. Uh, professionally, I'm a wealth manager uh, with a firm here in Louisville, Kentucky, Family Wealth Planning Partners. I've got five other partners, so there's six of us at the firm that just take care of families uh, here locally in Louisville, Kentucky, and the surrounding areas. Uh, spiritually, you know, I've been a Christian, was raised in a Christian household. Um, it, I mean, I, I, I was, I've been a Christian my whole life. I couldn't tell you. I know a lot. Sometimes I'm jealous that some people have like that date where this is when I came to know Jesus. And for me, I, I remember the circumstance. I don't remember the exact date, but I was probably five years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my dad was a, ran a missionary training center made sure that we grew up in the church, made sure we were discipled. And I've been fortunate most of my life to have a really good support network of Christians around me that um, I could lean on during certain times. And I was there for them to lean on me. And so super blessed to have a lot of really close friends that share the same values. Mm. Well, we're happy for you, Isaac. We're happy yeah. that, the, that along the way you've had such a, a an awesome faith-based journey. But I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. I'm going to push back just a little bit. So in Matthew chapter 13, talks about the parable of the four seeds because I had this conversation this morning, the parable of the four soils, excuse me. And the first soil, uh, the seed is the word of God and it's scattered amongst 
the rocky path, right? And the devil comes and rips that away, right? It's the word of God. And then the second seed is the seed sown amongst rocky, uh, uh, so, uh, rocky soil. And it's that it's a person who experiences Christ with great joy, but when trouble or persecution comes, they fall away. The third soil is seed sown amongst thorns. So that seed is growing up. So the word of God is growing up in your life, but the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things and the cares of this world choke out that seed and make it unfruitful. But then there's the fourth soil in which a seed is planted and it bears fruit some 30, some 60, some hundred times, Matthew 13 or Mark chapter four. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, you grew up in a Christian home, Christian values. When did it really start to, and you've maybe never had this experience, but were there times in your life when you felt yourself falling away? Were there times in your life when the cares of this world or the deceitfulness of wealth were driving your decisions? And what, what has spurred you on to say, you know what, I want to be that fourth soil guy. I want to be bearing fruit. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, being a PK, I grew up on the farm, but when my dad retired from that, he would, he'd been a pastor in retirement till just last year. And so <clears throat> the one thing about, I would say being in a very, very supportive home like that is that when you leave for college and you're a student athlete, which I know we'd all love to be above board, but we did get into some shenanigans, especially in the first couple of years. And actually one of our partners here, PJ and I met at the track team at U of L. And, uh, so <clears throat> I think during that phase, I mean, I partied a lot. I did a lot of silly stuff. Um, I, again, I, I feel lucky that Chris and I were together through that time, but I, I, I would equate it to basically, I hadn't had to decide it for myself yet. Mm. You know, I never really had the option to not choose, uh, to be a Christ follower. And so that was that period where PJ and I decided it together. We we're both raised in very, uh, uh, I wouldn't, you know, just well uh, raised families and that kind of thing. And, and so we grew up in, in a Christian home and we just kind of woke up about three years into college and we're like, you know, like this doesn't seem right. And it doesn't feel like it's edifying. It doesn't feel like it's fruitful kind of to your point uh, with the soil. And so we began to kind of, we, we stepped aside and we began a, a discipling process with each other. And it was just uh, one friend to another Nobody was a mentor. The other one, we were just doing it together. And we started reaching out and finding mentors that would teach us spiritual disciplines and that. And so um, I would say that was the first time where I really decided to think about this, you know, to use your, uh, that scripture, the soil to be that uh, fertile soil that uh, isn't uh, vulnerable or easily vulnerable to stuff mm -hmm. uh, to where you kind of lose what you're all about and, and what God would have you to do. And so I, I would say, that college experience, which is probably similar for a lot of people. And then um, another significant time was uh, after that moment, I was always somebody that uh, people relied on a lot. And I was not personally super vulnerable about things. And I lost my mom to cancer. It was uh, five years ago uh, this past fall. Mm. And um, <clears throat> God had to teach me a really powerful lesson during that uh, because Right after she she was going through the cancer, and it was kind of we thought she was going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, she was gone like nine days. And at first, I handled it really well. I signed up for a marathon in Chicago, raised a bunch of money for a cancer charity that supported what my mom had, did all that stuff. So it was like all this training, right, and all these things. And it was like on the list of a bunch of great things to do. It was a great way to handle the situation, right, and to try to make some good out of it. Uh, but after that race was over and I didn't have something like that to focus on, 
even though I still had my silicone band for Team Suzanne, I I did not handle it well. And I had not reached out to people to actually process and deal with the grief that I had. And so that God, I think God let me do that kind of wallow around for a little bit. And then I had some friends step in and they're like, look, you've always been there for other people. You have to let other people be there for you. And it's not a weakness. It's actually in God. I, when I prayed about it, it was almost like a, coming from a place, a little bit of a pride that that's how I thought like a, a mature Christian or a strong Christian would act is, is to not allow these things to, to hurt us or show that vulnerability. But I was so wrong. And that was a powerful lesson that's, you know, d- made it, made it so much better when I'm building relationships with people over the last five years and it's strengthened all those friendships that I had in my life uh, and balanced me out because, you know, you have to let other people in uh, if you're going to, if you're going to help others. Mm. Well, first, I, I don't know if that's where you wanted me to go, but <laughs> absolutely. I wanted you yeah. to go there. That was well, number one. I I'm I'm emotional right now. You know, my mom is, especially in the last few years has become one of the most important people in my life. And I'm grateful for every day that I get to spend with her. And so I'm, I just, I'm sorry for you that you don't have that time right now. You're not sharing that time. And, and mm-hmm. I think it's Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And so I just want to let you know that I'm a mourning alongside you. And then I'm sure that's a journey that even though day by day, it maybe gets a little bit more removed. I'm sure there's just times that it's incredibly challenging. And so know that you have brothers around you that are praying for you for the peace to come on you, um, not to just always bring about immense joy, but knowing that there are trials and, and mourning and sadness in this life. But it sounds like with the relationship that she had with the Lord, I assume, with the house that you grew up in, that um, we know that where she's spending her eternity. So, yeah, it's kind of like that, you know, if it's speaking to the, the soil, you know, it's a I feel like that's one of the corporate disciplines that you need to have with spiritual discipline is people are cultivating that with you. You're not meant to just produce fruit on your own. Like you have to have other people and that, that uh, it's a good verse to think through some of these things, I think. Uh, but that's, that's what I learned is like, it's so much better to, to care for, uh, care for the soil. If you've got other people doing it, doing it with you. Mm-hmm. God created us to be in, in community, I believe, and, and be in fellowship with one another. I believe that's one of the most important spiritual disciplines and obviously something that we try to preach um, here at the Young Christian Business Guy with NCBMC is, is peer groups, surrounding yourself with with accountable, believing brothers, guys that you can do life with, people that you can do life with that can lift you up, that can encourage you, that can push you. Um, so, you, but, I, but I appreciate it because you got to the point of, of the conversation where you said this was where we made a decision. You know, you were almost living the carnal Christian lifestyle, which I think a lot of people are where we're on the throne of our life. Um, but you and PJ, as Barnabas together, said, you know what, we're going to make a decision to move forward in this and started started, started diving deeper into some spirit, spiritual disciplines. So I want to shift a little bit and talk to you just about, um, you know, we're unapologetically Christian. I believe that's a, that's a valuable thing, man. I don't want to apologize for being a follower of Christ in today's world. Um, and I'm unapologetically business guys. We are in the, the marketplace. We feel that God has called us to our specific sphere of influence within the marketplace. He's positioned us to this calling. And I want you to talk a little bit about how you see yourself positioned in the financial planning realm, in the marketplace, as really a marketplace ambassador for Christ. If you'd be willing to share a little bit, maybe an example or two or some thoughts about how you look through that lens in, in the marketplace. Yeah, so obviously I, I try to try to look to kind of the example of Jesus. 
you know, and how he handled uh, adversity and that kind of stuff, which is pretty relevant these days. And, um, you know, one of the things I've always tried to do is build really strong relationships. Most of the people I'm friends with or uh, have business contacts with are people I've known for a really long time. And I found that, uh, and this is one of the conversations we've been having with our clients lately too, uh, as a family, with our uh, people that we serve as our clients, is you have to always put other people first. And that's a really simple principle, uh, but it's like really hard to maintain and execute uh, day in and day out. And so, you know, obviously working in the wealth management space, you know, we handle people's investments. They've got their whole nest egg that they've trusted us with and we've got to make it last uh, for them and, and do do so at a high level. And so uh, we educated them well. So they haven't had a lot of uh, concerns this year, but when we've, we've talked and we've had meetings and just chatted on the phone and caught up uh, throughout everything going on, I've just encouraged them like, Hey, if you continue to think about your neighbors and see what, what needs are out there in your community, if you uh, don't take anything for granted, don't assume people in your family are doing awesome. Uh, don't assume your friends are okay. Uh, this is no time to like abandon community. Uh, you need to put other people uh, ahead of yourself. And if you can do that, then you'll keep your head on straight for uh, the the day-to-day kind of stuff. And, and that applies to us in our, in our jobs, our roles every day, is that if we're going to make good, sound, principled decisions on behalf of our clients then the only way I can keep a clear mind in, in my opinion, as a, as a Christian business person is that I continue to have to put other people uh, first because that's what keeps me grounded. And um, we've always embodied that. Uh, we feel like uh, with our clients, anybody, the first meeting, we always have a thorough conversation about uh, this is uh, if you're interested in working with us, you're going to do so because you desire a deep, meaningful relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't going to be, a cheap relationship as far as time in some ways, resources or whatever, like this is something that's going to be meaningful and anything meaningful has a uh, cost associated with it where you have to build this relationship. I couldn't possibly give anybody good advice if I don't really know them. And uh, you know, the, a lot of the research in our industry suggests that uh, we there's think two different types of analysis that kind of go on in our business uh, quantitative and qualitative. And a lot of advisors build their practice around uh, quantitative stuff, which in my opinion is table stakes. If you can't uh, competently manage money, if you can't competently build a financial plan, uh, if you can't competently run an analysis for something you're asking about a mortgage or whatever that may be, uh, that's a problem. But ultimately where, what people are wanting is somebody that can help them pass on legacy that's not just, it's like why they decided to do things the way they did. What are their values? Uh, how do they want their grandchildren to understand uh, their legacy and that? And so that's a deep conversation. And that means that you've got to meet with people on a very regular basis. So in our practice, we put our clients way above anything else we would need to be concerned about. And we ask our clients to do the same thing because we feel like if you can perpetuate that, it gives you great peace of mind, keeps the most important things the main thing. Mm. And we think that's what Christ modeled ultimately. And he was never shaken by uh, even the most extreme circumstances. And uh, so we've tried to be that this year is just is as hard as we could. And, um, uh, you know, anyway, so that's how I approach it. That's, 
that's so it's you said it so well it's simple but it's not easy it's simple to put other needs before yourself it's simple to to the this concept of serve to serve others but it's not easy and to continually doing that day after day after day that's a challenging thing but it's what we're called to do and mm-hmm. you made such a great point relationship relationship with people what does true relationship look like what is spending time with people through relationship how do you 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 can only really reach people with the hope and the love of jesus christ when you're in relationship with them spending Mm -hmm. time with them caring for them asking them questions being genuinely interested listening to understand and not to respond so that's Mm -hmm. a good reminder for me today what are those relationships in my life and how do i need to keep building those relationships so i want to pivot just a little bit so here at the young christian business guy powered by cbmc for those of our avid listeners they know that we're passionate about discipleship learning what it means and what it looks like to follow jesus from another person and number two is peer groups surrounding yourself with with peers and others who are growing and help you grow into the person that god designed you to be so could you talk a little bit about either discipleship or peer groups the impact it's had in your spiritual life number one and then number two maybe some cascading effects or for a financial term some dividends that you've seen in other areas of your life because of those things so let's see peer groups or discipleship i'll um i'll tackle a discipleship um uh, getting involved a little bit with cbmc uh, over the last uh couple years uh walk through a a one-on-one discipleship process with somebody that i would genuinely consider a mentor and just having breakfast every tuesday at a very fancy place uh named mcdonald's you may have heard of it sure Uh, wonderful man david sparks and we spent time together and uh, we, we budgeted an hour at the beginning. It was almost always two to three hours. And uh, it's a pretty big time commitment when you think about it, especially if you're busy and you have a lot of stuff going on. But it was one of the best, uh, best things I spent time on every week. And, uh, you know, what it, really, what it really taught me, David just let me ask me a lot of questions. And we just talked about life's questions and what it's like to be a dad and to be a business person in the marketplace. and um, a lot of things, you know, and uh, I'm always somebody that's shaking things up a little bit in business, uh, you know, always keeps my wife on her toes. Uh, we're wired a lot differently, like a lot of married couples, and she's very risk averse and I'm super risky. And so uh, it's super nice to have somebody to talk to about that. And we've continued that relationship. We talk on a regular basis, but uh, I literally just uh, talked to uh, Brian and David earlier uh this week because i told him like throughout this kind of shutdown i said i think i feel like myself as much flexibility and as much uh disruption as we've had where we should be more available we somehow are not accomplishing some of the things that we should have more time than ever to accomplish and it's at a time where people need it more than ever Mm -hmm. and i you know i just said you know we need to take a challenge to to try to because i know how meaningful it was to have that regular thing, you know, that discipleship, that mentor, the relationship, and to be perpetuating that uh, now more than we ever needed to, because uh, there's so many people that desire that community and the discipleship. Discipleship is just inherently walking through, talking through questions that you have. They're not about a list of answers that you're going to provide somebody. I don't think Jesus ever was, you know, he's the answer the way, the truth and life, you know, but 
he wasn't he didn't just have like here's the here's the playbook other than simply um let's commune together let's work through the things together and let's bring people together right mm-hmm. and uh more more it's just a big need right now so you talked about the consistency of it that's what it's been in my life the regularity you know it's like man every mm-hmm. week that that it just kind of you get into this rhythm and staying in tune i don't know if if, if you're like me when that starts to fall off especially with covid it, it really started to to you know hit home it got it got more things got more frustrating i didn't have that regularity in my life would you share for maybe just 60 seconds what you think your life would look like had you not had some guy come into your life to disciple you um i don't know i mean I would say it would be, it's definitely wouldn't, I would have missed something. It's hard. It's, it was hard to quantify, uh, going into it. What exactly I would, I thought would, would happen as a result of, but I will just say it's somebody going through that discipleship process. It's a person that knows you really, really well. And David and I, I will say, weren't like super close when we started the process. And a lot of the people that know me that well are friends that have slowly, kind of gotten that. And I will say just working through that much about life and conversation and uh, questions in 12 months is there's something about doing it uh, at, at that quickly at that deep a level. That's just really special. And that relationship will always be a little different to me just because of how it, how it came about and the grace he showed and the time he showed. It's just a lot of people don't do that anymore. So That's well said. That's well said. So Isaac, you've been married 13 years. You have three lovely children. How old are you? 36. 36. Okay. So I want you to imagine 11 years ago, (laughs) 11 years ago, you're sitting across the table from yourself. Uh, Weather's like it is here in Minnesota today where the grass is green, sky is blue, things are beautiful. You're sitting across the table from your 25 year old self. What's something that you would say to your younger self? Well, uh, related to marriage, I, whenever somebody is getting ready to get married and they ask me for advice, I always tell them a win is not a win. So <laughs> even, even if you may be right, it is so much easier and better maybe to be wrong a lot of the time. Uh, so, uh, you know, a lot of grace, uh, it goes a long way. And, uh, you know, by the way, she'll want me to note on this that she is right almost all the time. So that's mm. a, I'll get that out of the way. Um, I will say just don't sacrifice, um, don't sacrifice any relationship. You know, I feel like I've done a pretty good job maintaining a lot of my friendships in that, but there have been a few that where I, I wished I would have maintained them a little better. I'd be curious if I could do it. There, it's a lot of work when you're, you know, that's a time where you move and you maybe take a job or do something. Um, but I just feel like the best things I remember the first, uh, when David and I started, he was like, what's the most, what's the most valuable thing you have? And I told him my, my relationships, I feel like I have like a great group of friends. I'm fortunate to have been with Kristen for a very long time. And, you know, and so ultimately I would tell myself at 25 years old, you know, seriously treasure those and work really hard. Um, uh, and maybe I would have maintained a couple at a little better level throughout the last 11 years. That's good. That's good. That's really well said, Isaac. So now I want to share the verse of the day, which is Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. What are your thoughts for this verse? Yeah, so I think with just all the things going on right now in communities around the country, uh, cities, Louisville, obviously, uh, kind of like Minneapolis has been in national news with different things going on. And, and we're all, as business people in the marketplace, neighbors in our communities, right? All that kind of stuff. We're all trying to figure out a way to show people love, to show people that we care. And I feel like ultimately the best judge of that is, are you meeting these fruits of the spirit? You know, at the end of the day is what you're trying to do. Is it going to lead to displaying these things? And ultimately discernment is really key. So I've, I feel like I've really tried to do that. I know I've, I've started fasting and little stretches, just trying to practice that discipline, which is partly because I maybe put on a few LBs throughout COVID but partly just because it's a tremendous discipline that I feel like hasn't gotten utilized as much in recent years uh, for me and, and maybe for others too. But I really try to press myself. Is this something that God would have me to do? Because now more than ever, you really need to uh, get that right. And uh, there's a long list of things that are Christian are good things to do, but it may not be what God would have me to do or for you to do. But if we do that, ultimately you'll see fruit be bared from, which is, uh, you know, always a good sign that we're helping the people. This is such a good verse. I'm so happy you brought this up, Isaac, because these are the fruits of the spirit. Sometimes I joke that, that am I displaying fruits of the spirit or fruits of my flesh and mm -hmm. which one is on display to the people closest to me, my sphere of influence, the people I work with and always being able to gauge is the Holy spirit working in me and through me to present these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all these great things. So Isaac, I'll tell you what, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Thanks for sharing about your, your personal life, your work, discipleship, and a little bit of your experience. And then of course, about the, the amazing fruit of the spirit. So thanks for having you on all the best to you and the guys down there in Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. We'll, we'll catch up with you soon, buddy. Yeah. Appreciate it, John. Uh, always good to have my uh, my buddy on down from Louisville. Um, I get confused sometimes by their accent, though, because one of my good friends lives, a, a friend of Isaac's lives in Louisville, but he's from Mobile, Alabama. And so he comes on as like, I'm from I'm from Louisville. And so then it's a confusion for me here in Minnesota because he's actually from Mobile, Alabama, which for those of you who aren't aware is like the one of the most southern places in Alabama. And he sounds a little bit like Forrest Gump, but we're not going to go there. We're going to reflect on Isaac and his show because it was terrific to have him on. Um, one thing I just hit home was relationships. I think all of us out there understand the importance of relationships, but what is the simplicity of a relationship from, from the simplicity of pouring into a relationship? I think the greatest relationships I think about in my life are the ones in which it's, it's a reciprocal relationship of serving you know, constantly serving others. That person may be serving me sometimes, but really have both of us having a mindset of being in a servant mentality. Um, I loved the, I loved, we talked about Isaac. He grew up in a Christian home, was a PK, had a, a great modeled family for him. But, but I shared the, the parable of the four soils. And there was a, a time in his life when he had to make his faith his own. 
he had to own it for himself. He had to be doing the spiritual disciplines. He had to pour into the relationship uh, with the Lord to be able to um, grow deeper in relationship with him. I think there's a time for us to really kind of put a stake in the ground and say, you know what, this, maybe if it's not the date or the month or the year, but just know, you know, this is when I owned it and wanted to make it my own and moving forward from that. Uh, he talked about the types of, of analysis, which I thought was fantastic, quantitative and qualitative, right? He applied it to his work, but there's other areas we can apply this, right? With the qualitative versus the quantitative is quantitative from a relational perspective is, am I just worried about communicating my point? Am I just worried about getting across what I want to get across? So there's qualitative standpoint is, am I really taking time to understand this person? Am I understanding their why, why they do what they do? Um, and then he talked a lot about this idea and discipleship of the consistency, having a guy come into his life, not just necessarily telling him what to do, but really allowing Isaac to ask questions, to process through things, to be in relationship with someone. And then he also used the term, uh, I'm not sure if he used it, but what came to mind for me was acceleration. His growth was accelerated because of the consistency of, of meeting together with someone more mature spiritually than him in his life. And so that's what we preach here at the Young Christian Business Guy, powered by CBMC, is the power of discipleship and the power of peer groups. If you are looking for someone to get connected with where you need someone discipling you in your life, or you want to get connected to a, a peer group, a group of people that you can do life with, um, grow together with, process through issues with, you can visit ycbguy.com. Y is in young, C is in Christian, B is in business guy, G-U-Y.com. Fill out your information, select those boxes. Also, you can join our nationally national call we have for young Christian business guys, or there's a box there where it says, I want to know more about what it means to be a Christian. Check that box. We'll connect with you. Let's process. Faith is not the absence of doubt. It's the processing of doubt. If you want to know more about what this life of pursuing Jesus, following Jesus looks like, we want to get connected with you. So today, June 25th, 2020, thanks for tuning in to the Young Christian Business Guy video podcast powered by CBMC. I am John Harrison, your host. Remember, stay on purpose, and we'll see you next time. Take care. I'm not going to do that.